You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 282, Atreyu, hosted by Dan Terry. Well, no, we would have turned out to be a hard rock band like Atreyu did. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> and Joseph Wren, as opposed to what we actually were, which was a hard rock band. <laughs> with a guy with a guy that screamed. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, technically. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think the metalcore story is never-ending... Then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Welcome to Discography Discussion. It's that podcast where those guys listen to those albums and then they talk about them at the end of the week. And this story, as Joe so eloquently put it, is never ending. And I know, I know, we're making some really bad puns about the name Atreyu and the never ending story. Hold on, Dan. Before we talk about Atreyu. We have to talk about my new solo underground grindcore band, The Childlike Empress. It's it's kind of like Ganglia, but not as good. Oh, not as good? Well, hey, I mean, you guys, I mean, it must be halfway good because you're putting out that split EP with uh, Goblin Shark. Oh, absolutely. You heard about that? Yeah, yeah. I think they're calling the split EP like Marijuana's Trench or something like that. It's going to be so heavy and so unlistenable. It's not even funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, make sure you guys are watching Bandcamp, you know, on that. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to try to keep the uh, we're going to try to keep the never ending story jokes, you know, to a minimum, because we know, guys, that it's hard to see when your eyes are rolling in the back of your head. So we just have to make sure we're not being too punny on this episode. I make no promises that I can't keep. Tell you what, man, Atreyu is a really interesting subject for a band. And I like I'm not going to lie, like I've always been a little bit lukewarm to Atreyu, not because I disliked their music or I thought that they did anything wrong. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of Atreyu songs that I listen to or that I've been listening to since I was in high school, right? I think I think the diehard fans probably, you know, are like, well, well, yeah, man, like greatest band ever, right? And uh, I would not have agreed except that, you know, probably, I guess it was about four weeks ago now since the uh, before the recording of this. Uh, I actually got to see Atreyu live uh, with nothing more. Uh, me and John Beatty went here to the pageant in St. Louis and watched uh, nothing more and Atreyu play. And um, they absolutely blew me away uh, in, in a way that I was not expecting at all. Uh, mostly because I hadn't been very well versed in the in the newer material, which is what they played most of. And I was kind of like, who is this amazing rock band with this crazy stage presence and all of this charisma? And, you know, a bass player that has the longest, most beautiful beard I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, what am I, what do I do with this? Uh, do I, and, and I remember, I remember being about like six minutes into that live show and, and thinking, do I, do I like Atreyu? Surprise, dude. You like Atreyu, the band that played the mainstream, I don't want to say emo, I don't want to say metalcore, because they played that popular mishmash of rock music that pulled from all these styles. And if I have one complaint, it's that they still bring out the emo high vocals from time to time. But there really isn't anything wrong with Atreyu's overall discography. They do that early 2000s switching off between the heavy growled vocals and the melodic vocals that we all love from Haste the Day. So it's fine. What these guys are doing, it's fine. I think I skipped the band back in the day because they followed that formula so closely. 
But isn't Atreyu supposed to be one of the innovators of that style? Do they get credit for creating that popular metalcore sound and they shouldn't get it? I've heard mixed stories, so I, I want to try and figure this out today. Well, I'm going to help you out as, as best as I can, but you look at Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses by Atreyu. That record came out in 2002, and uh, they actually had a demo out before that. I'm going to go ahead and mention that before somebody emails me. It's like, bro, you guys, you guys totally forgot about Visions. You guys totally forgot about Fractures in the Facade of Your Porcelain Beauty. You forgot about those records. And uh, I didn't forget about them. I just didn't listen to them for this listen through. Uh, so, I mean, Atreyu's been around, man. Like, they really have been. Uh, you know, a lot of the bands that get sort of thrown around as, like, innovators in metalcore would be, like, your your Zeos, uh, Converges. Um, and then, of course, you've got, you know, all the Botch and Dillinger Escape Plan and, and all of that stuff. Uh, 18 Visions, if I didn't mention them already. Um, what's interesting about Atreyu is they absolutely came up in that scene. Uh, are they innovative? Let me put it this way. No, I don't think that Atreyu is an innovative metalcore band. But what Atreyu is to me on this very day is a band that came from a specific scene, but over the course of their career actually like really start to show off that they are big fans of like 80s heavy metal and 80s hard rock and that really starts to shine through we're going to get to that we're going to get to that subject a little bit more at the end of the episode but you can tell even as early as their first record that these guys wanted to be a hard rock band they wanted to be known as a hard rock band and a lot of the times you hear us talk trash about bands like this on the show, like bands that started heavy, but kind of went less heavy. And Treyu didn't really do that. I think that they have maintained a certain level of quote unquote heaviness throughout their career. But the thing that's interesting about these guys is that I don't hear them becoming more mainstream palatable for the sake of getting more popular. I think the band was more popular as a met quote metalcore band. Then, then, then maybe their current iteration would be considered popular, even though it is more like radio friendly now. But what I actually hear with this band more is a genuine love of hard rock and and high soaring choruses. But then they also like are really in love with like eighties metal noodling, like really in love with it. Like if you, if you have never listened to them like thinking about that, now you can never unhear it. Well, before Dan and I add some sauce to those noodles, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Podchaser. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews, the Discord server, and more. Take it away, Dan. There's always so much more to talk about, right? But uh, let's talk about the thing that we always talk about, five-star reviews. 100% guys, if you love this podcast, you can listen every week and you're able to leave a review on whatever podcast app you're using, leave us a review. We will read it on the show. 
another thing that you could do that I would encourage you to do, and I think Joe would encourage you to do too, is to sign up for the Discord server. Discord.discussmetal.com is our is our Discord community, and that that's kind of where me and Joe hang out really the most. That's that's sort of our home base where we hang out with with you guys, the listeners. And uh, we do fun stuff like every now and again, like I'll play video games uh, stream to the server and you can hop in and chat with me on microphone or 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 whatever. Uh, But, you know, you're never going to know that's happening if you're not in the discord. So you want to be in the discord. If you love this show and you want to support it financially and or if you already do, number one, thank you so very much. And number two, uh, there's there's some sweet perks that we just rolled out, and I'm sure you've heard us talking about it in our other episodes, but if this is your first episode, a couple of things I need you to know about. Number one, you can absolutely go to Patreon and sponsor an episode of the podcast, meaning we will read your name front and center and let everybody know that this episode is brought to everyone by you. The other thing is skip the line. We've done a lot of episodes on this podcast, and, and the, the goal is that, you know, eventually we're going to get to every metal and hard rock band that exists out there. Maybe even even some bands in some weird genres. But uh, I know sometimes you guys don't like waiting, and we have come up with an idea on our Patreon to make it possible for you to directly influence what band we pick once per month. Check out patreon.com forward slash discuss metal for more information about skip the line and more information about sponsoring episodes. Or, you know, if you just want to do a regular Patreon subscription, you will get access to shows ahead of time. You will get access to our monthly hangout as well as access to individual album reviews. So there's a lot of extra content on Patreon. Check it out. There's over 200 individual album reviews available to you right now subscribe on patreon one dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed so dan tell me and the listeners all about atreyu well joe atreyu is the protagonist of a mysterious book read by a young boy named bastion in the popular movie the never-ending story well is that wrong you're looking at me like that's wrong is that not right Oh, the band Atreyu. Okay. Yeah, let, let, let's let's get into the band Atreyu. You know, the band that gets so much credit for creating Metalcore, even though they were just part of the party, and has quickly become a hard rock masterpiece of live music and entertainment. I mean, I don't know if they are credited as... Well, okay, so I have heard people credit them as inventing Metalcore. I think what that is, is a lot of people got into Metalcore around, you know... 2002 to 2005 and the first band that they heard in that style they're like oh yeah this band created metalcore it's weird though because i've never really considered atreyu to be a metalcore band they are tagged as such you know um if if you're looking up a band biography it's always going to say like yeah atreyu american metalcore band from california blah 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 you know been around since 98 um, I definitely get more like post-hardcore vibes from this band, especially on their early material. But I mean, they do have the breakdowns. They've got the screams. So I guess it technically counts. But when I'm thinking of metalcore, especially from that era, I'm always thinking of like, you know, sort of sort of like riff salad, you know, type of bands. And uh, it's not that Atreyu doesn't has, have riffs, um, but man, they, they really, really, really like their, 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 their lead guitar work. 
and uh, that actually makes them a little bit unique in this. But I mean, there's really no way to talk about it without going in chronological order because this band's a little bit hard to explain, but we're going to do our best tonight to uh, try to explain it. One of the cheesiest trends in hardcore and metalcore when it was popular in the early 2000s was having too many words in your song titles, in your album titles, and this is not the most extreme album I've ever heard, but it is definitely towing the line. 2002, Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. First of all, that is my favorite Atreyu album title out of anything. I mean, you see you see the cover. It's got like, I mean, it's got butterfly. Like, I don't even know. It's not like a, a, an x-ray of a butterfly. I don't know. It's two butterflies like come sort of coming together and... I don't know. Whatever. It's fine. The band's called Atreyu it, in, in, in that blood red font. And you're like, oh, my God, what is this? And what this is, is a really interesting mix of like post hardcore, a little bit of metalcore. I'll give them that for this one and the next one. Uh, but this one is like a heavy band that was birthed out of a heavy, brutal, like sort of hardcore scene that is really already trying in their debut record to be as hard rock as possible about it. And normally I'm not like totally into that. Um, but in this case, I'm kind of willing to give it a little bit more credit because, you know, a lot of the bands that sounded like this, that, that had predominantly screamed or growled vocals with heavy guitars and like a little bit of breakdowns and even some clean singing, the clean singing always had a very unique quality about it with other bands and that, that it was like super whiny and a lot of the times very out of key <laughs> and uh, not Thank palatable. Yeah, not palatable to listen to for a lot of people. But Atreyu comes in and, uh, you know, you've got you've got two singers sort of at play here. You've got Alex, who is their, you know, their their metal singer, right? Or the the, the, the unclean vocalist, right? The guy that's doing all the stuff that, you know, I like. Um, he has a really interesting scream uh, to him. He's, uh, I used to joke that it sounded like he was like screaming inward, like he was inhaling while he was screaming. Uh, this is like before deathcore, so like, yeah, I'm not Holy saying crap, he's like- Holy crap, dude, inward of, singing? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he may have gotten that idea from the Tenacious D album, right? But no, I don't think he's actually inward singing, but he has a very unique voice, and it's when you hear him screaming, it is very much like, oh, that's a Treyu, right? So right off the bat, you've got a distinct growler, which is a really good thing uh, with this kind of music, uh, because a lot of the times, you know, a, a singer can be replaced in a metalcore band like it's nothing, and you may not even notice the switch. Like when August Burns Red changed singers, I didn't really, like, notice right away, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But uh, you, so you've got Alex doing their unclean vocals, but then you've also got Brandon, who was actually their drummer, and he provides all the clean singing. And uh, this is where like a lot of the the sort of hard rock elements come in. It's actually not that different of a dynamic than what me and Joe had going on for years, where you've got one guy that wants to be in this like the front man of this brutal band. But then you've got like another guy in the band that wants to he provides the clean vocals, but he also like wants to go in a more like hard rock influenced direction. So this should have been more familiar to me uh, than, than maybe I thought originally. But I'll be honest with you, as classic as this album is, and I know a lot of people like really love this record. 
I don't really think this is a Treyu's best work. I mean, sure, there's some classics on here. I mean, everybody knows Ain't Love Grand, which was like one of their first like singles. There's a video for it. Um, they're all like 12 years old in the video. You know what I mean? Like it's it's an absolute classic and a song that I associate with that time of my life. But again, what really gets me is how it opens up with it opens up with Brandon's voice. It opens up with with his with his vocal hook, and it's probably the best vocal hook on this record. Because as much as the band wants to be hard rock or they want to be metalcore. I don't think that they particularly succeeded either here. Hindsight is 2022 for me this year. This album has been out for 20 years. And looking back, I hear the haste the day in every single song. I see the tropes that I could not stand, the long, over-the-top song title names. It's so cheesy to me now, I can appreciate it because I get what they were going for. It's just something I've never been a fan of. At the same time, this sounds like a raw band who either had equipment or enough studio time or just plugged in to the mixer at whatever venue they had access to and laid down some extreme vocals. It's a very understated record, but I think the diehard fans are going to say this is this is a Treyu. This is the band that I heard in 2002 that they, they, they should have stayed with this style because it sounds raw. It sounds like that punk band that you love so much. And I can look back and love this record for the galloping guitars, the groovy drums, the melodic vocals that had to be there when metalcore was popular and i have to say dude for all those times you were showing me zeo saying this is what i want to do you should have just shown me this and we would have gotten to the end result a lot faster well no we would have turned out to be a hard rock band like atreyu did that's not what i wanted as opposed to what we actually were which was a hard rock band <laughs> with a guy with a guy that screamed yeah so i guess yeah technically you should have uh, just taken the L on that and said, look, I, I, I want to make music. Let, let's just hear Joe. Th th Joe, this is what you want the band to sound like, but I want to do these vocals. So let's just be a Treyu. Okay, Dan. Okay. Well, we, we can do this. <laughs> like I said, like I've got very fond memories of Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. And I kind of went into listening to this discography just expecting that that was going to be my favorite one and that that I was going to have trouble sort of accepting anything else. But again, I, I, I've just recently kind of come off of this live show and I'm like, but this was like really good. You know, like this is this this was was instantly engaging in a way that I wasn't expecting from this band. So I'm wondering, you know, I, I and that sort of made me want to fast track this episode because I was like, what is it about a trade? Like what it, what is it that makes them special? And I'm going to be honest, I don't think it's Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. I think this record is trying to be metalcore and trying to be hard rock. And I think that it's not really particularly successful at either one of them because it doesn't have the brutality. And this may just be a production thing, but some of the heavier parts sound a lot flatter than they should. And um, they, they don't have like a, a really, really, really big sound. Uh, but it is a debut album, so, you know, I can't judge it too harshly just because it's not like, you know, the most brutal thing in the world or anything. But if you're going to fall back on the hard rock elements and just sort of the, the, the sing-songy chorus elements, those aren't there yet either. This band hasn't figured out by 2002 how to write a really, really good chorus 
and a really, really good, uh, a really, really good vocal hook. So the songs kind of go hit or miss, and that's totally fine because these guys are going to figure it out real quick. 2004, The Curse. The Curse is probably a lot of people's favorite Treyu album, and I totally understand why. I would not have expected them, if I knew nothing about the band going into this, I would not have expected them to go this hard immediately after Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. I would have thought that they would have leaned more into hard rock, more clean vocals, let less heaviness. But they they went the exact opposite direction, dude. Like they went they went full metalcore. They went full for the throat. Um, these songs are more metal song structure, heavier. The vocals sound absolutely sick. Like I think they're recorded better than they were on the last album. And I was complaining about the chorus game not being not being good. This record, they absolutely fixed just about every complaint I had about the first one. But it's kind of an anomaly, especially once we get into their later records or even the one directly after this. This leans into the metalcore style like very, very well, showing that they really, really did have the chops to play that style the entire time. They just hadn't figured it out yet. But here they are super in your face, super brutal, heavy vocals, but then also like the metal influence. Because as we said a lot of times on this podcast, most metalcore bands, especially in 2004, it was just at the gates with breakdowns, right? And and like Absolutely. maybe a clean, yeah, like maybe a clean core is here or there or whatever. That's not a Treyu. The metal elements in their metalcore is all 80s metal. And I'm not talking like Metallica worship or, or Slayer worship. I'm talking like like, like Judas Priest, uh, Motley Crue, like... Like, like they've got that sensibility, like the way they write melodies or the way they incorporate their lead guitar work into their sound. Like, sure, you still get breakdowns and stuff, but it's like a very unique brand, like a very unique stamp on their idea of like mixing like hardcore with metal and also with hard rock because those elements are still here, but it's done so much better than it was done on the last record. I, un I totally understand why this band got sort of popular with the first record. And then they just absolutely blew up after this one. Sonically, this album has more in common with a mid-scooped heavy metal or thrash record. And I can't find a point of reference to say this sound was a trend in 2004 because it really wasn't. The closest thing I can point to to say this is where Atreyu gets this old school thrash sound from is the new wave of American heavy metal like your kill switch engage and maybe somebody said we want to be a heavy band but we still want to keep our melodic vocals and our growled vocals but I don't think that's what happened I think somebody pulled one over on the producer and mixed this record like a heavy metal record and it works so well that when you add the melodic vocals with that early 2000s style, it starts to have that weird Zao vibe from like the Funeral of God when Scott was first doing the melodic vocals and they worked, but they only worked in the context of that mix. It almost has a demo quality when Atreyu does it. I don't think it's bad, but the beginning of the record sounds more put together. As the songs move on, it sounds like a cohesive, melodic band. Again, for me, closer to A Haste the Day. 
And I agree. I think this is most people's favorite record. It's not mine, but this is a band who sounded a lot heavier than bands they were being compared to because they were moving past the popular punk metalcore sound and going straight for we want to be a heavy band and it really works for them as far as i can tell it's unique in 2004 to betray you it is and it's it's uh you know you even you know you mentioned you've mentioned haste the day a couple of times haste the day didn't even come around until 2004 so they got that sound probably from a you or or not you know it's impossible to know who's actually influenced by who uh, there's a lot. Of, obviously, when we, you have music trends and popularity trends, it can be hard to pinpoint exactly where a specific influence came from. But if this band sounds like Haste the Day, it's really more like Haste the Day sounds like a Treyu, right? Um, although I don't know, man. Haste the Day had them had them had them Zayo vocals, right? Yes, they did. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that, Jimmy Ryan. But uh, you know that that's not to to take the conversation off of a Treyu because. What they did here was completely unexpected. They really, like, a lot of other bands would have immediately just rolled right into the sort of hard rock sound and just stuck with that. And then be like, you know, because you can already hear a producer right in your head being like, you need to get rid of that guy that screams all the time and have the drummer step up up to the front of the mic and and him be the, the front man of the band. Don't worry, we're gonna get there. Uh, but I really like this this balance of brutality, but also with like '80s sort of arena rock style choruses and anthems, and uh, it, it it is completely unique to this band for that for that time period. And I honestly didn't think that this record could be topped by another band, much less by the same band. But um, let's just say that, uh, you know, sometimes you get stuck in the past and you have a, uh, a death grip on yesterday and you end up putting out probably the best album that the band has ever put out. 2006, I was shocked how consistent this record was with the previous. It sounds like the band used the previous record as a reference point for this one and they scooped the mids even harder this time. This record is a perfect balance. Again, this band always rides the line between hard rock, like arena rock, and like 80s metal. And they stay consistent on that for a long time. And again, this is like a lot of bands during these years, these pre-2010 years, a lot of bands try to do whatever the next popular thing. Whereas Atreyu is like every single record, they're like, how do we do the thing that we did last time, but better? How do we, how do we, you know, there, there's gotta be some bolts in here that we can tighten up. There's gotta be, there's gotta be some fat that we can trim off of it. Uh, we, we've got to make our choruses catchier. We have to make them more memorable. But again, I don't think it's to sell records. I mean, they did sell records for sure with this sound because it's just cool to listen to and it's, and it's unexpected and it's different than what the mainstream at the time. I mean, mainstream for metalcore, you know, you still can't show this to grandma like even this year. Uh, but they're, they're basically sort of flying in the face of what a lot of these other bands were doing. And I think it was really not about that with them. I think they just genuinely love like hard rock and love arena rock and they want to make sure they put as much of that in as they possibly can but also still keep it brutal enough and keep it modern enough for the band to still be relevant you know sort of in that scene 
So yeah, again, I don't think it's it's it was about popularity or trying to sound more palatable because these guys were palatable really from the first record. Like obviously it's a lot better now, but I mean this thing comes in nine minutes. This is a trim the fat record. I'm sorry, nine songs, thirty two minutes, and uh, it's the perfect length for a record like this. It doesn't overstay its welcome. The songs are not overly long. They're not overly complex. But you will be singing these songs after you're done listening to this record. And that is the goal of any band that likes arena rock. Talking about arena rock and how this band has those cosmetic metalcore vocals. When you start talking about the punky metalcore and the Aaron Gillespie high note whining that I know I really am not a fan of. And a lot of people liked it. A lot of people still like it. When this band does a melodic chorus with the harsh vocals underneath, yes, it sounds like a metalcore chorus mixed with the emo choruses, but it doesn't sound like this band is singing about the emo metalcore things. It really does show off the 80s influence that you keep talking about because the choruses are about the big hair and the girls in at times you know it's the motley crew stereotype where we're singing about sex drugs and rock and roll and atreyu is kind of doing that but every other band that did that style at the time in the mainstream at least was complaining about the shit that happened with their girlfriend yeah i mean i think atreyu does complain about stuff that happened with their girlfriend but they do it in again a palatable is kind of the word of the of the night right like they they do it in a more i don't know like almost a more relatable way but like because the lyrics in this band are deeply personal and at times actually have really positive vibes so they're not like sleazy like an 80s metal band would be but they make it interesting in a way that other bands in the same position you know like with metalcore bands you're either talking about like you're either talking about Jesus <laughs> or you're talking about um, breakups or you're talking about like, I don't know, like having like super incel-ish lyrics about about women that you've never met. Um, or you're talking about how society has fallen, man. Atreyu keeps it personal, well, it keeps it personal, but keeps it fun. And, um, and, and I'm all about that fun feeling. I know I historically on the show don't really like fun. <laughs> it's but, true. Uh, whenever... Spoiler, whenever we get to uh, the last Atreyu album, I'm going to actually have some fun. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. But for right now, the band is kicking on all cylinders. And they haven't really put a bad record out yet in this discography. Uh, they've had some, obviously, that I like more than others. But as far as I'm, consider as far as I'm concerned, A Death Grip on Yesterday is like the perfect uh, the perfect Atreyu record. It sounds the most like them and has the most has most of their influences out on display, but they don't overstay their welcome. 2007, Lead Sales, Paper Anchor. This is the band I thought we were going to be talking about this week. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, this record's interesting to me because, again, all the good things, right? Like, firing on all cylinders doing all the things that we want you know the, the band is still heavy enough still growly enough still you know fun guitar solo-y enough uh for us to like really 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 dig it i mean the, the the intro to doomsday though i have to admit sets me up for an experience that i'm not necessarily gonna have for the rest of the album um uh, 
there's a little bit more experimentation with the sound here than than what we've gotten with the Treyu yet, and I totally understand why because you're on you're on album four, and you might you know like if people want to listen to the Curse, well you just go listen to the Curse. You know it's it's still gonna be there. I, in 2022, I could go back and listen to the Curse. It's still there. It's still a record I can listen to, and still enjoy it. But then you know you get songs like you get songs like Falling Down, which is sort of a I don't know, like more of like almost like a punky, rompy sort of song. Uh, it's it's the most different sort of that that we've heard from Atreyu up to this point, and um, I'm here for it because they still have they still have all their trademark sounds, but they are trying to like sort of branch out into like other types of rock, like alternative rock and and alternative metal and stuff like that. Uh, and I have to admit that these moments are, are sort of sort of hit and miss for me. Um, I, I like the more straightforward Atreyu sound, and I know it's just sort of an unfair expectation to have because, I mean, I think the last two records are about as close to perfect as you could get. So this one's not bad and doesn't disappoint me, but I wish that it was a little bit more musically consistent, which is just, which is just metal elitist talk for, I wish you guys just did the thing that I like more. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with experimentation, and there's nothing on this record that made me just go, oh, pfft, I'm not listening to this. This is trash. Move on to the next one. But uh, I was a little bit more critical of this one, and it did not satisfy me. Yeah, I said it. Uh, it didn't satisfy me as much as a death grip on yesterday, but um, it's still fun to listen to if you're looking to hear a sort of different side of Atreyu. My first question was why? Why is Atreyu a band that I've been hearing about for years, but I haven't spent that much time with them? Why is this record so random? Surprise. This is the Atreyu album I've spent the most time with. This is the record I remember hearing first, and it sticks with me at weird times because the songs are so random. This week, listening to it, I thought it might be a cover album. I started checking to make sure these were all original <laughs> songs because I could see that metalcore band that you like just playing a record of their favorite songs, especially in 2007 when that was a bit of a trend again with heavy bands. But this record goes all over the place. You mentioned Falling Down. What about Lose It? You start to mix these <laughs> songs together... You have to ask yourself, did the band go into the studio because they had to make a record? And rather than take it seriously, they said, let's write whatever song we want to write. What band do you want to record, Dan? Well, I want to do a, let's do a Whitesnake kind of song. Okay, um, what about you, Joe? Uh, hey, dude, I got a great idea. Let's do a song like Apocalyptica had a drummer and a singer. And that's what this record becomes. You talked about the intro. You're right. It sets up an experience you're not going to get. I wonder if this band just turned on the radio and said, whatever band we hear, we're going to write a song like that. The line from Falling Down to what Panic at the Disco was doing that year is not that far. Yeah, I think that there's, I think that experimentation like this is normal. I mean, obviously with this show, we hear it a lot. Like where, where, where a band will just decide that they're not, entirely satisfied with their bread and butter sound and it's completely it's completely fine here because again I don't think that what I don't think that the sounds that they experimented with were unenjoyable but they might throw you off <laughs> you know they they might they might throw you off your game a little bit and to be honest this was another moment where I was like okay this might be a transitionary record where 
we have no idea what the next one's going to sound like because they've done so many different things. I wonder which which of the different things they like and decided to stick with. Well, it turns out they didn't they didn't stick with any of it. <laughs> 2009 Congregation of the Damned. You could sort of take this record two different ways. Obviously, the metal the, the metal elitist guy in me is like, yeah, they went back to their heavier sound. That's what you should do, you know, because you're a heavy band and you, you seem to have forgotten that a couple times on the last record. And I want to know what's going on. So, like, yeah, the, the hardcore kid in me, I guess, appreciates the return to the heavier sound of Atreyu. At the same time, the other way you could take it is that maybe, maybe the band was, like, creatively kind of... Maybe they were feeling stifled. Maybe they were kind of in a bad place a little bit and maybe a little bit angrier and a little bit more angsty. I feel like this record is super heavy, but it does still have a little bit of experimentation elements, but they're they're minimized more here or they're not necessarily as, as stand out. You know, you've got Bleeding is a Luxury, which has that sort of like orchestral sound behind it. Uh, so like, I think stuff like that's really cool. But I do feel like this record, despite being heavy again, sort of falls back into safe territory for the band. And I don't necessarily know if they were completely on board with it or not. I think overall it's a good record because this band kind of is good enough at writing songs to where they, you know, they're never going to put out a record that you're going to think is complete trash. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about the last one, but uh, they're not going to put a record out that you're going to hate if you've been on board this whole time. And so this record falls somewhere in the middle. Like they, they sort of try to do what they did on the last one, but they also sort of keep it, keep it really safe. Like this is what the fans are going to want. Um, and so a little bit of that experimentation is, is a little bit missed and they, they kind of start leaning more heavily towards their metalcore sound, which is good. But I also think that this band, if they explored their hard rock sound a little bit more, they might find something really interesting. Anytime a band tunes down, goes full drop D in whatever letter you want your bottom string to be tuned to, and just dirges through the verse and through the choruses, it feels like doing the breakdown because you have to. How we go from the last record to this, I don't know. This record sounds like it had to be done versus what they wanted to do. There are parts of the album, especially in the beginning, where it sounds like the band wants to be Motley Crue, but have mid-2000s double bass and heavy vocals over it. And that is such a good idea, but it's very laid back. And maybe it's just the production. You know, the drums have that close to 2010 lack of dynamics, which got way out of control until, you know, YouTube took away your volume button. My point is this band, I don't think this album is bad. I don't think it's their fault. I just think this is the lowest point in the discography so far because it sounds like they're doing the thing, but they're not putting energy into the thing. I bet these songs live would be so much more impactful and so much more entertaining, but somebody tied them to a metronome that was going five beats too slow for this entire album, and that was a mistake. This band needs to be a little bit more extreme. They need to have some space in their drums so that you can hear 
the room and the guitars need to have all the heavy metal they possibly can. Let's take the sound a little bit back to the curse and give us more of that. So this album's okay for me. It just sounds like 2009 and there were some production mistakes that year that we had to move past before albums would really sound good again. Yeah, and for a little bit of background too, I mean, when this record finally, you know, comes out in 2009, the band tours on it for 2 years hard and if we're starting to feel like the band might be getting a little burned out at this point, it, it is pretty much confirmed where in 2011, the band decides to go on hiatus and everybody starts to kind of go and explore their own <laughs> side projects, taking a break from touring and like not breaking up, but just not being not doing the Atreyu thing for a while. And that's that sort of explains the gap where that this band sort of went away for a while took that time that they needed sort of reassessed what they were doing what they were there for and so whenever they finally return in 2015 you have sort of a revitalized band long live 2015 long live is a, your refresher course on atreyu if you forgot about this band you forgot what they were all about you know, if, if it's 2015 and you're like, you know what I miss? I miss uh, a, a wonderful mixture of heavy, brutal music with very, very catchy, driving, melodic, hard rock parts. Guess what? Atreyu's got your back again. They're, they're, they're back in the game, and they're going to give you a record that's going to be really great to work out to. I think this is the sweet spot for the first three albums... And the final three albums, I don't want to tell you to skip Lead Sales, and I don't want to tell you to skip Congregation, but I feel like you could, and it would be just fine. Those were some interesting experiments for Atreyu, but this is a band who's been away for a while. They've got their energy back. They've got their intensity back. And guess what, Dan? Production has caught up with what this band really wants to do. Now you can feel the drums. You can hear all the melodic vocals, all the heavy vocals, and the guitars are just right. If anything, this is the perfect mix that Atreyu was always capable of, but the producers had to be pushed to give them the heavy metal that is in their sound the whole time. Yeah, and their way around that was to mix it like a modern hard rock record, right? Like, the, the, there's a special attention paid to the clean vocals here, that actually is going to get even more crazy <laughs> as we go on to further albums. But uh, on this one, yeah, this is like Joe said, it's the perfect mix of it's a perfect mix of how this band wants to sound versus how they actually sound. I think every band wants to sound a specific way. And sometimes when they record, they may not necessarily hit that goal. This is exactly what Atreyu meant to sound like the whole time. Uh, it's got the energy. It's got the passion. It's got sort of the, the renewed vigor, or as we like to call it on this show, the piss and vinegar of it. And um, this is exactly the perfect type of comeback record. I mean, I know they weren't gone like that long, but if their being gone for a couple of years, you know, made you afraid that you were never going to get this band again, you know, you were never going to get new songs. This is the perfect record to put out where it's like, no, 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 trust me. We're still doing, we're still doing the damn thing. 
It's not experimental. It's safe. But it's exactly what people probably needed to hear and is also exactly what this band has always tried to put forward. Uh, sometimes with perfect results, sometimes not so perfect. This one, honestly, I would put this one right up there with The Curse uh, and right up there with Death Grip on Yesterday. Not necessarily being quite as good as those albums, but definitely in the same ballpark. 2018, In Our Wake. Well, now. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah, dude. You remember those weird things they did on Lead Sales Paper Anchor? They mixed it all together. They went full 80s. I don't know if you can ever go full 80s, but Atreyu did it in 2018, and I like it. This is a full-on embrace <laughs> of that 80s hard rock arena rock sound, and it's absolutely right out in front. It is, it is glistening with modern hard rock, ultra pure clean production with extra, extra, extra attention paid to the clean vocals. Uh, this is like, and I, and I, and I, I gotta ask myself if every band or if this band started off as like sort of two guys vying for creative power, one being metalcore, one being hard rock, this is where the hard rock really starts to win out as the, as, as the dominant style of this band. Um, the, I mean, the time is now is like a straight up, like you could hear, you would hear this song on, on a local hard rock station any day in the week and you probably have already heard it and maybe not even realized it was a Treyu that you were hearing I have never heard such a quote unquote throwback sound sound this big and sound this out in front like this is this is modern mainstream radio rock and I can't believe I'm saying it but this is the breath of fresh air that the band needs so what you're saying is in the battle between hard rock and metalcore, I win? No. <laughs> but what I am saying is there is a certain unrestrained feeling about this record. I feel like they maybe felt beholden to, I don't know, the fans, their record label, themselves. I, I don't know what the answer is. But I think that this band was trying to go in this direction much earlier in their career but would occasionally get cold feet about it and sort of go back to what they were doing before. Now they're kind of like, yeah, you know what? I don't care. I, I'm not going to restrict my songwriting ability just so that we hit a couple of genre checkboxes. I don't know if I agree. In fact, I'm going to say I know I don't agree. This one, it felt out of nowhere, but I could say the same thing about Lead Sales in 2007. If the band you're listening to is that metalcore band that album is a shock because it's so random and all over the place this band is doing the 95 percent millennial whoop on this and i'm amazed that you like it because you'd usually hate that shit the songs are good though they have the big 2018 arena rock feel you mentioned the radio i say take it a step further how many theme songs did wwe have that were written and performed by papa roach I wanted to hear this. It's just as big. It's just as melodic. It's just as mid-paced and interesting to hear what this band is doing on the radio. They should be getting more credit because they can play both sides of the coin. They can be full-on hard rock in the modern sense, 
And they can play some classic-sounding heavy metal. They've got all those metalcore songs in their pocket, but they are, in 2018, their influences. I think they're wearing their influences on this one, and I think they're trying a few things that just needed to be tried. Much like Lead Sales and how that record went in different directions that seemed to have no cohesive foundation, this one is pulling from some of the tricks we've been hearing for 10 years. Maybe Atreyu just decides every 10 years to release an album that features versions of their favorite songs for the past few years. Maybe. I I couldn't tell you what the rationale is behind it, but I kind of like, I, and I think it's a result of doing this show, like listening to so many bands day in and day out, listening to all of their records sort of shotgun style that I start getting really, really excited when I hear something vastly different, you know, whereas like growing up, uh, g- growing up, I would hate that. You know, if, if I was like, if I was like 19 and, and Atreyu would just put out the curse and then they put out this, I'd be all like, I'm done with this band. Right. But now that I'm, n- now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit more fine tuned, I appreciate hearing those different aspects come out. And they also sort of planted the seeds for this years and years ago. Even on their first record, it should have been predictable that they were going to end up here at some point. And I'm I'm okay with it because they didn't do it right away. And they really built up to it and made sure that whenever they did make that transition, that they could do it well and that they could pull it off. 2021, Baptize. This is the first time where the band release something that might be controversial. Well, it's not the first time they've released something that might be controversial or that fans may not necessarily know what to do, at least longtime fans with it. Uh, and they, they definitely did that with the last record. You know, they, they were very much like, all right, guys, welcome to the Atreyu sound, you know, in our wake, let's do this. But normally this band, after putting out a record like In Our Wake, is going to put out, you know, Congregation of the Damned, or they're going to put out The Curse. They're going to they're gonna constantly be bouncing back uh, between sp- styles. But what Atreyu's actually done here is they have fully embraced the, the, they have fully embraced the change. They have actually transitioned into basically something else entirely. <laughs> And this is most of the material that I heard when I saw the band live recently. It is not in my nature as a metal guy to listen to a record like this and like it. But you remember how I used to complain, you know, like all the way back in the day that their choruses really weren't good or they weren't like as catchy as they could be. That was like an hour ago, dude. They are now, they are, they are now chorus monsters. <laughs> These are some of the catchiest hard rock songs I've heard. But the difference is, is because you're like, well, Dan, how do you in one breath hate mainstream hard rock? But like this, this is much more musically interesting to listen to. Like they're they're straight up just doing it better. Do you think these songs have the same mainstream cheese where they're not really about anything? They're about a cool-sounding word that was elaborated on in a session one day, and the vocalist spent three hours with the producer looking for the perfect high note, and that's what you get for the next two years on your mainstream rock radio. Or do you think Atreyu is still just writing 
choruses the way they do about the things that they write them about. They've just been doing it for 20 years and they know how to write a catchy hook. I think it's the second one. Uh, I think that these guys have always shown signs of loving this kind of pure hard rock, arena rock sound. They've always wanted to do this. And I mean, at this point, we have had a lineup change in the sense that Alex quit the band before this before this came out. And I don't know personally how much direct influence he had over the sound, but I can tell you as a guy whose claim to fame is just being able to scream that more than likely this is not the record that they would have made had he been on it. They came close. They came close with the last one, but this one now you 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 finally got who started off the guy that started off as sort of the backup or background singer is now the the center focus lead singer of the band. And so everything that 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 they did with his voice, everything that he loves, that's going to be front and center. And I think what I think why this record works for me is because it's energetic. It's energetic in a way that metal is not, right? Like you get used to sort of, you get used to like hearing super fast riffs and like really shreddy guitar solos. And you get used to hearing a guy screaming like a dying calf over the riffs and, and all of And like, I, I like all of that stuff, but I also like songs that are able to move me without sort of using those elements because it sort of speaks to the universal nature of music and why people like music and, and why people are attracted to certain things you know like you can pick your favorite genre you can say i only like you know drop tune guitars and i only like breakdowns but you like those things because they're energetic and they make you feel a certain way i'm always fascinated with a band that's able to make me feel the same way with two different sounds uh and that is that is pretty much what atreyu has done here and like I'm not even gonna hold I'm not even gonna hold against them that Jacoby Shaddix was on the song Untouchable. <laughs> it's not even gonna upset me. Uh because it it worked here. I mean I'm gonna listen to this before I listen to a Papa Roach album, believe me. <laughs> uh but I liked this. I'm here for it. And I know the normal the normal narrative on this podcast is like, yeah, this band was heavy once and they stopped being heavy and now they're playing all this mainstream garbage. But it's not really what's happening here. This band has always had this in them, and we've heard bits and pieces of it throughout. So anybody that is, like, surprised at the sound here hasn't been paying attention. I think the band in 2021 just went for it. Yeah, they did. The last two years have fucking sucked for everybody. Some worse than others for reasons far worse than others. If Atreyu wants to write their hard rock masterpiece with all the tricks and tropes that Fallout Boy did before them and Papa Roach is still doing, go for it, guys. If you've had it in your back pocket this whole time and this is the opportunity, go for it. There is nothing holding anybody back in this band. Yes, they could do it. If there's one thing that's shocking about this, it's that the band who released this record, Baptize, is a Treyu. Could this band have gotten away with releasing this record under a different name? We asked the same question about Hope's Fall, but it's clearly just Hope's Fall. It's just the modern Hope's Fall. So this is the modern Atreyu. That's fine. I guarantee they're going to play all your favorites when you go to see them live. But this is not the same band who's writing their punky, heavy metalcore songs 
and trying to get out of your way in 30 minutes. Well, it's weird because when I saw them, they didn't play anything off of off of suicide notes. They didn't play anything off of the curse. I don't think they played anything off of death grip. Um, and I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I was I was enraptured, and they played. I mean, they played mostly this. They played mostly baptized stuff, and uh, and I was here for it, man. Uh, it absolutely just just really surprised me. And maybe my opinion would be different if I hadn't seen if I hadn't seen them play these songs. Because when I'm listening to this record, I am associating that energy level that I witnessed, you know, with with the songs, you know, realizing that, oh, wait, I actually know this one. I remember this one from the show because uh, I had not heard Baptized before we had done before I went and saw the band play. And um, I'm into it, man. I, I think this is a cool record. And I think that, like, at this point, if they do this again, if they make this ju- this big jump again, I can only imagine how much further they could take this sound. And I know it's not for everybody. Metal purists probably hate it. Uh, but I don't know. I've become anything but that uh, over the last few years. I'm, I'm open to hearing new sounds. And um, like I said, this sound has always sort of existed in this band. It's always been part of their bag of tricks. But it's fun that they decided to just focus on it uh, for a little while. Final thoughts on Atreyu, Dan. Dude, just go go listen to some Atreyu, man. Like like I said, I, I I've always I had always been sort of lukewarm about the band. Like I've always thought that they were a good band, but not necessarily a band that I would call my favorite. But uh, after getting through this discography, and this never actually happens, uh, I'm definitely like a way bigger fan of Atreyu than I was going in. Whereas normally when we do when we talk about bands on this show there's a little bit of exhaustion that steps in especially after eight records uh that i don't feel here i feel like atreyu's always trying to keep it fresh and that's made me sort of anticipate like ooh, what's the next one gonna sound like what are, what are they gonna do with this next one and i'm usually never expecting what they end up doing and so uh it, it this listen through and seeing the band live made me made me a much bigger fan uh than i was prior so uh Keep it up, Atreyu, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys do next. I like how this band, who was sold to me as a metalcore pioneer back in the day, who did some of those tropey things I was not a fan of, has not only persisted, but they've clearly moved on. I don't think they're ashamed or they've given up on their heavy roots. I think this band had heavy influences the whole time and they've been around long enough they've done the damn thing long enough now they're taking everything they love about heavy music and putting it into something new the last record baptize it doesn't sound new because i've heard these things before from many other bands but they've been done to death to hear a treyu Evolve, be heavier than their peers, try new things, and be entertaining the whole time. I think this band deserves all the credit. I think they're fans of heavy music, and aren't we all fans of heavy music? Listen to Atreyu. It's going to be a good time. Damn, what's your album of the week? My album of the week, man, I have been listening to a lot of Zayo. I know this is like really shocking. I know I don't ever listen to that band or talk about that band, but uh, 
Yeah, man, I, I've been going back old school, and I've been listening to the uh, the Zayo Preface release, which is the band's earliest recordings com- compiled into one album, and uh, it's good. I don't, I don't think I need to oversell it. I think I think you guys know uh, it's good. It's not required listening to listen to Zayo, but if you were serious about Zayo, you would listen to it. For me, it's the new release by Keckle Envisaged. I think I'm saying that right. We talked about this record on YouTube, and if you want to find out what we think about that record, there's a link in the show notes to that video. Dan, are you excited that we talked about Atreyu this week? I really am, man. Like, I, I'm not usually... I, okay, so it's not that I'm not excited to talk about the bands that we talk about on the show, right? It's like, why would we do it if we weren't? Uh, but I, I definitely was not expecting to feel so fresh. Uh, at the end of the experience, right? Normally, normally by the time you get to album eight, you're like, "Oh my god, how many more of these are there?" But Atreyu was interesting, man. They 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 switched it up and um, kept me guessing the entire time, and I, I love that. The time has come. We have to face the nothing. Take us out, DFT. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. We are here every week. We have new episodes every week. If this is your first episode, uh, thank you. And uh, make sure that you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app, however you're listening to us. And uh, if you want to hang out with us, like we said earlier in the show, discord.discussmetal.com is the place to be. And uh, if you if you really, really love the show, uh, check it out, check us out at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have all kinds of cool stuff in there that you can check out. And uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, never hesitate to email us at Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. And you can find us on all the social media places. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. We're on Twitter and Instagram at discuss metal. So uh, make sure to say hello. We really enjoy seeing you guys and talking to you guys so um however you need to insert yourself into the conversation please do so and on that note this has been episode 282 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts including spotify apple podcasts and Podchaser. visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion and please send questions and comments to dan and joe show at gmail.com if you're not a patron you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal we have some sweet perks Hey, Joe, can I borrow some money? $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Yeah.